Okay, well, mix the jokes. Well, let's just stick to the word. We're in Luke chapter 17. Let's go ahead and pray over the word this morning. Father, help me. Lord, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you are good, Father, that you see us, Lord Jesus. Father, you love us, and you open the door, Father. You made the way for us to be able to receive from you, to be loved by you, Father, to know you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word that declares who you are to us all the time. This thing shouting at us, Lord, of who you are, Father. Thank you, Lord, for it. As we read this, the word this morning, Lord, and, and talk about it, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to each of us something about Jesus this morning, that we would leave this place changed. Jesus, show yourself strong today, Father. Show us your arm, Father. Give us your report. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. So we're in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. So Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem, and he's leaving Galilee, and he's heading down. And to get there, he takes the route that he passes on along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, ten of them who stood at a distance, and they lifted up their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Some things I want to point out here in these verses that really stood out to me as I was studying it was... Uh, First, you need to understand and, and, and kind of, uh, I don't know if you remember in Leviticus, it talks about if you find a spot on your skin, and uh, leprosy at this time, this word leprosy, encompassed a ton of skin diseases. So if you found a skin, something happening on your skin, you were to go and show yourself to the priest. The priest would look at it and judge whether or not it was leprosy or not. If it was found to be leprous, you were uh, sent out of the camp, and then I think you could come back a week later and have it rechecked again. And if it was still there, then you were declared leprous, you were declared unclean, and you had to live outside, away from everyone all by yourself. So it's a, it's a, a horrible thing. And it was to keep the infection from spreading, because at that time they didn't have, what is it, Lamp Lampington's disease? What is leprosy? Lampington's? No, no, that's not, it, yeah, it's something, it's a, it, there's a, it's a new name for it, and it can be treated with antibiotics, it's totally curable, you know, uh, as long as you get it early so you don't have permanent damage, and so they didn't have that, so they were forced to be unclean, so the, here's 10 of them, they're living out all by themselves, they're totally out of society, and they've heard these stories because the stories of Jesus spread, the goodness of God spreads the stories. 
Because even though he tells people, hey, don't tell anybody what happened here, they just go around and they let everybody know, hey, I was, a, I was drunk, I was, I was uh, out of my mind, I was naked, I lived in the cemetery, I was chained up and they couldn't keep me there, I was full of demons, but Jesus came and set me free. Remember, he went around, and went around and told everybody in the Decapolis about what Jesus did. So these stories went around. Jesus' fame was there. These ten lepers had hope. Man, if we can get a hold of Jesus... We can get cleansed. We've got this problem we need a solution for. If I can just get Jesus' attention, I can get the answer. This is how, where they're going. I just need to get his attention. So they're on the outside. They're on the outskirts. And they are yelling on the edge of this village. Because they've got to stay. It's not like they can mingle and get close to Jesus. They've got to stay back. And they're yelling with all their, mount, their might to try to get Jesus's Attention. Jesus! Master! Have mercy on us! Jesus! Master! Have mercy on us! And I can just imagine they just did that over and over and over again. Now, I, I hope you're not in that place where you're needing something from Jesus and your belief system tells you that you don't have access you're an outsider, you're stuck on the outside, and all you can do is hope to God that he hears your cry for mercy. Because you're a child of the king, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you have confessed your sins, given yourself to him and asked him into your life, you are a child of the king, you have access to the throne room to be able to go in and say, hey dad, man, I need some help. And you'll receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. They're looking for mercy only. And these 10 are screaming, man, we just got, we got to yell. Guys, we got to yell together in unison to get his attention. I imagine they were almost like a cheerleading squad. Because if you get 10 people yelling all at the same time and they're, they're not yelling in unison, all it is is just noise. I bet it was, we're going to practice. Everybody say it together. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on... You know, and, and they did it all in unison together so that we want to make sure he hears us. I've got to be seen by Jesus. I've got to be heard by Jesus. This is the cry of their heart because they have no relationship with him. Guys, you're not in this position. And if you are in this position... All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want relationship with you. Welcome me into the family, please. I need you. Change my life. But they don't have relationship, so they cry out and they find mercy because Jesus is merciful. I don't know what happens to believers. I think it happened to me. I don't know what happens. Maybe it is our own expectation of how we should be once we become a believer and we begin to not meet our own expectations, so we begin to judge ourselves and condemn ourselves and separate ourselves off and find ourselves unworthy, that all we have, we're outside of the sonship and we become halflings from when he initially invited us into the family. Why we, why we treat Jesus this way and act as if we have to get his attention. There is a desire in our hearts 
to know him. They were looking for an answer to their problem. And Jesus answers them because they found him. He heard them. Jesus is very merciful. His mercy exists. His mercy exists for us as believers. His mercy exists for those that are unbelievers. He is very merciful. This is the time of mercy. Receive the mercy. Don't restrict yourself from the mercy because you believe you aren't worthy of it. Receive the mercy. Jesus is very merciful. And he says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. Now what happens when you are a leper, if for some chance you get healed or something happens where you feel like the leprosy, leprosy is whatever the skin disease was, was cured, you would go and show yourself to the priest. The only way to get back into society was to go into the priest and say, hey, look, it's all gone, or it's changed, and the priest would judge whether or not you are worthy to come back into society. And so Jesus tells them, go and show yourself to the priest. Now what Jesus isn't saying, but what they already understood was, you're healed. Because Jesus, the master, if he's sending you to go to the priest, it's with the assumption that you're already healed. I'm, that's already done, so go do the next step, which is go see the priest and get back into, into society. So Jesus declares out of his mercy for them, I love you, I'm very merciful. Receive the mercy, sure, be healed. Boop, it's yours. You wanted it. I'm very giving. I love going around and doing good. That's in Acts, by the way. Jesus went around doing good. Merciful. He pours out the mercy. And as they went, verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. So when Jesus said, go and show, it's a call for us to respond by faith. Go and show. We respond by faith. Wow, okay. I'm going to trust Jesus to do his part as I do my part. Oftentimes we're in this place, guys. You know, but we're sons and daughters, so we can go to the throne and we ask the Lord for whatever the need is, you know, because I'm sure none of you pray for any kind of personal needs. I'm the only one. That, that goes like, okay, Lord, how am I going to handle this, this and that? And what am I going to do? And uh, can we talk about this? And he gives me an answer. And we're not just to sit there and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to sit here until the answer falls on me. Oftentimes it is, I will work, move forward. And as you go, you will find the answer. You'll find the healing. You'll see me work. I will open the doors. If you need a job, begin to apply. If you need a job, fix your resume. If you need help with your marriage, get a good book and begin to read it or talk to someone who has wisdom. Don't just sit back and go, okay, Jesus, you know my needs. I'm just going to sit here, Lord. I'm going to sit on the outside where the problem is because I know one day you're going to move. No, it is. What is he asked you to do? Okay, Lord, 
I believe you can heal, so I'm going to respond. I'm going to go show myself to the priest, whatever that is. I'm going to begin to move forward as if you are healing me because I have a word from you, Lord. And as they went, they were healed. Sometimes we get so focused on our navels that our navels become the size of the Pacific Ocean. The problem looks so much bigger than it actually is because we're so focused on it instead of on Jesus. And as we go, you can't focus on your navel if you're going. You begin to focus on what the Lord's going to do, and then all of a sudden, man, that was a lot smaller problem. Whew, man, that solved itself far easier than what I was imagining. I was imagining big old issue, and poof, it was gone. When my daughter got engaged in July, I was thinking, oh dear Lord, where am I going to get the money to pay for this wedding? Wedding's all paid for. Wedding's all paid for. The Lord took care of it. He will. The Lord is very faithful. Go and show yourself. And as they went, they were healed. Now verse 15 is kind of cool. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, so he must have been going, okay, I'm anticipating this, Lord. I'm anticipating the answer. I don't see it, but I'm moving forward in faith that I'm going to have this answer. And then I'll, ooh, ooh, wait, wait just a second here. Ooh, the answer's here. Wow, that surprised me. Can you believe? Look at this. You know, like a, maybe it's a financial thing. And you're like, the Lord says, I want you to move forward. I want you to be faithful and trust me with your finances. And do what I've asked you to do. And you begin to move forward in that. And then all of a sudden, the check arrives in the mail that you weren't expecting. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know my, com my company gave bonuses. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. People's hearts change. The Lord touches and fills things. He's so much bigger than what we feel our problems are in the midst of them. When you're, you know, it's kind of like when your toe hurts. And when one toe hurts, wow, that toe feels like the size of your entire leg. You know, when you've got a broken toe or something. But it's just a little tiny toe. And if you structure your entire life around that broken toe, totally hamper and hinder yourself from actually living. When the Lord just wants to heal the toe. I hope I'm not getting too many analogies here for you. Bless you, Lord. So this one, as he's going, notices he's healed. And he turns back, praising God with a loud voice. He begins to whoop and holler. And the other nine must have heard him. But they were still hurrying off to go to the priest. This one who noticed he was healed stopped what he was doing and turned around and began to praise God. And he runs, finds Jesus, because now he's no longer unclean. He can come into the presence. He falls on his face at Jesus' feet, worships, and gives thanks. There's three things that he did there. He praised, he worshiped, and he gave thanks. He praised, he worshiped, 
and he gave thanks. His journey began with a cry for mercy. I don't feel worthy, but I know you're merciful and you're good. Will you meet my need? You know, in the faithfulness of the Lord, let me read this for you. Let me get this in here so I don't lose the place. Psalms 34. Come on, guys. Verse 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. This is David's declaration of his experience with the Lord, of who the Lord is. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. In another verse, we see David in Psalm 61. Verse 1, hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, overtired, or faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus hears. So we have his cry for mercy. We have God's response. And then what comes important is our response to God's response. God's response is there, and then our needed response to God's response just kind of settles it. And this man's response was praise, worship, and thanks. If you want breakthrough in your life, if you want to continue to grow, which I think all of you do, I think there's three important things, three important takeaways that we need to from this, this piece right here. The first one is uh, be willing to praise as loud or louder than you cried for mercy. What distinguished this guy from the other three is they were all in and all about getting their need met. And once their need was met, you never heard from them again. They left. This guy cried out to get his need met. And when his need was met, he cried out louder in praise to Jesus. He made sure Jesus knew he was thankful that, Jesus, that, that he saw the awesomeness of God. You know, because our need isn't what is ultimate. That's a level of Christianity that's like a babe level where you're, you're drinking milk, where your need is the most important thing. There's a deeper level you can go into where you get to know the author and finisher of your faith. You get to know Jesus more than just the need meet, meet her. Oh, Lord, help me. Praising Jesus louder than you cried for mercy. Uh, you know, as I was preparing this and the Lord was speaking to me about these things and, and pointing out some of these things to me, I was like, wow, Lord. And then I thought back, okay, with the, uh, with the wedding, you know, I don't think I did adequately praise you for meeting the, that need as much as I was crying out to you all summer long. And I realized, you know what, you did faithfully 
I had an inheritance check come in. It came in right when we needed it. We wrote all the checks at the wedding. And the, the, I, I was like, okay, Lord, I need these not to get cashed and not to hit the bank until I can deposit. And it's supposed to be in the mail. And it arrived, and I deposited it. And all the money was there. And then all the, the checks from the wedding came in. Perfect timing. You know, the Lord's faithful. And I was like, Lord, I'm sorry that I did not praise you enough or greater than I did cry out to you all summer long about this. I don't want to be that way because you're more important. Money's money. Money's going to come and go, and one day I'm going to be in the grave, and I'm going to be up in Jesus, and money ain't going to make a bit of difference. I don't want money to rule my life. Jesus rules my life. He's more important. So I want to be willing to praise him louder than I cried for mercy. The second takeaway I had was be willing to value your relationship with Jesus greater than your need. This one guy, it was more valuable to him to get with Jesus than it was to go to the priest and get the official, my need is met. And we can get caught up in this. You know, I need, 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 need. Uh, you gotta, I got to have this breakthrough. I got to have this. I got to have that. I, you know, but really, it's the relationship with Jesus. He meets the needs to reveal to us how much he loves us. He's more important than the answer to the needs. He's greater than the healing. He's greater than that mysterious check. He's greater than the breakthrough in the relationship. He's greater than your personal breakthrough in your life. He's far greater than that. And being willing to do that. So make sure we return to worship Jesus because he's more important than the healing. I don't want to miss out on that. Jesus is far more important. We have a lot of issues in our temporal lives that we try to solve. And it can be difficult trying to solve all those temporal problems that we run into. But we're eternal, and Jesus is eternal. And if we focus primarily on what's eternal, it'll give us wisdom to walk through these temporal things. Because these are all just seasons. It may seem extremely difficult. It may, be ter- it may feel unanswerable or unsolvable, but it is just a season. That's a small season in relation to how long you will exist with Jesus. Pour into that relationship with Jesus. Be willing to value that more. And the last takeaway that I had, I think it's important to, uh, to be willing to protect and reflect your gratitude. Protect and reflect your gratitude. One of the things that hinders us as believers, as children, children of the king, is that we get into a place of expectation. Entitlement, I think, is what it's called. It should happen this way. Uh, It should be easy. It should be instantaneous. It should not require a lot of hard work. Um, 
I should be able to figure it out myself and not need anybody's help. You know, all the different entitlement things that we can run into in our hearts. No one should have to know about this area that I'm struggling in. Because then I would be embarrassed and God doesn't want me embarrassed. You know, these are all the things we get in this entitlement and it doesn't work because it hinders our gratitude. Gratitude is, I am thankful for what I have right now. I am thankful for what you have done in the past and in the present. And I'm thankful that you'll be faithful in the future. But if all we view is the past is bad and the present is bad, we lose the gratitude. And we become like the nine who didn't even say thank you. They were like, well, yeah, you're the prince of priests, you're the Messiah, you should do this. I deserve to be healed of this leprosy because this wasn't my fault and this shouldn't have happened to me and you're God and so fork it over, dude. You owe me. And whoop, okay, I'm going to go about my life now now that I got from God what I want. We lose the gratitude and we all can fall into this. You know, like, okay, God, I'm in the midst of a need right now. I just wrecked a car. You know, I need a new car. I don't know how I'm going to work the finances out for that. And totally forgetting how he rescued me on the wedding. And not being thankful, not saying, wow, God, it was amazing how you provided exactly what we need so that we were able to do a beautiful wedding for our daughter. And if I'm in that position, then I can go, okay, Lord, you were so faithful there. I am thankful that you're going to work out this with the car, and it's going to be good. Gratitude is a wonderful place to live. Be willing to protect that so you don't let the enemy come and steal your gratitude. Don't let the enemy come and steal your gratitude. Remind yourself of the blessings that you possess right now. I need a piece of tape over here to let me know when I'm walking off camera. I apologize. Poor Zach is up and down, up and down. And be willing to reflect that gratitude. Be like this guy who came back. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm before, before I get my full answer, because I'm healed, but I, before I get back in society and I get declared cleansed, I'm going to be thankful. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You, you're good to me. I didn't deserve this, and I thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Now, can we have relationship? Can I, like, follow you? And he's the Samaritan. You get that right? I mean, he's the total outcast. He doesn't have access because he's not Jewish. He's not full-blooded Jewish. He's a mix of some kind. So he's not even really technically welcome. So understanding, man, Lord, you love me. You love me, Jesus. You don't see me the way society sees me. You see me. You love me. Man, I want to receive that. I want more of that. I want relationship, Jesus. I want to live in this. I am so thankful for what I have with you, Jesus.
And Jesus says to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well, free, healed, sozo salvationed, complete. And basically, I think what Jesus is saying here is what he says to us. This is the pattern you walk in. As you continue to walk in relationship with me, you'll see this pattern overflow in your life. You'll understand. You'll see me because you won't just meet the needs. You'll get closer to me. And as you get closer to me, and the needs, they'll be met, but they're, they're less of a priority. And you can enjoy fellowship with me because I'm far greater than whatever that temporal need is that you have right now. I'm far greater than that. And you're going to experience well. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my goal. Dwell in the house of the Lord. Be with Jesus. Enjoy Jesus. Have relationship with Jesus. With or without the newer car, with or without the bank account, the retirement, or, or, or whatever. With or without whatever that thing is, I'm going to enjoy Jesus. I'll enjoy these things. I would enjoy a Maserati. I would enjoy driving a nice car. Okay? Not for status. I, it's just a work of art. It's like a fine-tuned work of art to me. But if I never have one, I don't care, man. I'm going to have a heavenly mobile we're going to go zoom. You'll see me just zooming, or I'll be flying. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be doing something. I'll be enjoying it because it'd be me and Jesus. Me and Jesus. Let me leave with you with this. Rise and go your way. What has the Lord told you to do? Go in faith, go and show, and as they went... And your faith will make, your faith and trust in the Lord as he has sent you out, will make you well. There's a promise from Jesus for you today. He's not against you, he's for you. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us access to come into your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Oh, man, we love your presence, Lord. We love your presence, Jesus. We love your word, reading about you, getting to know you, understanding you, filling your heart. We love feeling your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for sending the angels this morning just to minister to us and love on us. Thank you, Father, just opening our eyes, um, shifting them from the temporal to the eternal, Lord, that we wouldn't get stuck in all the problems of the temporal, Lord, knowing that you're faithful and that you love us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence and your love. Thank you, Lord, for that. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us and draw us closer to you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So we're going to start our meeting here in five minutes. If you need to run to the bathroom or know if the coffee shop is still open, if there's still coffee, it doesn't look like it. But um, So we're going to start at 11.15, and I'll be right back, okay?
There we go. Okay, 11.15. Shall we get started? And I'll try to be done. I don't think I'll talk 45 minutes. That would be horrible. So thank you for sticking around for our community meeting. This is our uh, kind of our annual business meeting as a church, and I wanted to just share with you some of the things that are on my heart and uh, kind of let you know where we are and where we're going. So uh, let me begin. I've got four categories. I'll start with the first. I'll start with uh, Spark and Beacon. So this is more of an informational. I wanted to let you know where we are going with Spark and Beacon. So Jason and Natalia down in Spark and Fire. Jason and Natalia began to lead this in June, I think it was 2015. I went back through my email to try, and to try to find the first date. I think it was 2015 when they began. And they took over full time in 2016. They were kind of serving on a team and then they took it over in 2016. So they have faithfully led Spark and Fire since June of 2016, which is quite a long time. Uh, and so they have, uh, we've, uh, every year we go through talks of, okay, how you doing, what's going on, you know, this and that. And this time they said, you know, after a lot of prayer, we really feel like this is our last year. And we'd like to be done in May. And our heart is still very much for the kids. We just, uh, none of our kids are in it. And it's a shifting season in our family. It'll be at the end of, I think, eight years. And we feel like it's time. So uh, May is coming up here, and we need to begin to look for a different structure for our uh, spark in fire. Uh, probably not a lot of change, just trying to find uh, a new set of leaders. And so we're prayerfully considering how best to do that. I'm looking at a bunch of different things, and we can talk more about that. But I wanted to let you know that that's where we're heading, okay, to a shift there. Um, second thing was Beacon. And I don't know if you've noticed, Ariel is expecting. And she's expecting really, I mean, she's due like the 5th, I think, of December. And so she's really anytime, you know, between here and there. Uh, and so uh, she's going to be stepping out of Beacon leadership uh, for at least a few months. And Will will be also uh, busy distracted probably and then uh, the beers are looking to uh, foster and so that uh, will could bring about change in their lives so uh, right now beacon is in a holding pattern uh, but at any moment we could need uh, some other leaders to step into beacon to fill in uh, temporarily or possibly more long term for our beacon leaders again they have faithfully served and so we're just kind of playing it by ear at the moment, uh, waiting to see what the Lord's going to do and how he's going to do it. But that, that is a more of a critical uh, time frame than, uh, than Spark Fire because we've got till May for Spark Fire. So uh, if youth ministry or children's ministry is on your heart, uh, you're welcome to talk to me. I'd love to have a conversation, even if it's just to be praying about it with it for me. Uh, we'd appreciate any kind of help and concern. And uh, we can talk more about that as we go along. Okay. Some facial recognition stuff. Okay. 
my Android didn't require that. It just popped open. But this Apple vision. So why do we do what we do? So our heart is uh, more than just being uh, a church that meets on Sunday morning. Our heart and our vision, my vision, what I have uh, really talked about and tried to share uh, is a desire to see each of you confident where you are, where you find yourself every day, you're at is what I call it, confidently just being Jesus and being missional in that at. Now, I'm not saying start churches or, or whatever like that. I'm just saying being able to uh, confidently walk out your faith. So if there's areas that hinder you from walking in your faith, uh, we desire and work to try to get them resolved. If there's uh, lessons um, that you need, training you need to be confident, you know, how do I pray with somebody? When someone says, hey, my life's falling apart, a coworker, how do I respond? Uh, if someone says, man, what's, what's different about you? How do I respond? Uh, how to study the word? So basically, you know, there are uh, five uh, main governmental leadership in churches, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. And so my desire is that you would, uh, for each of those five, there's a thing that you would know. And so for the prophetic, it is being able to know that you can confidently hear the Lord for yourself. And delightfully, if you can begin to hear how to encourage others from the Lord. I'm not saying you need to tell nations what direction they need to go in. That's the office of a prophet. But uh, the average believer should be able to say, hey, you know what? The Lord just told me that he really loves you. He cares for you. And he's going to help. You'll be able to share those encouraging words. As the office of a teacher, I think you should be able to know how to study the word and get stuff out of it, dig in the word, and also be able to lead a, a simple Bible study with somebody. Encourage them with what you're sharing. I think every believer should be confident in that. These are, are areas when you're able to do this, you have fun as a Christian. It's, otherwise, it's just a bunch of rules and things I've got to do. This is where you really begin to have fun. Evangelist, I think you should know how to, uh, you should first know your story. What has God done in your life? Where you can articulate. If somebody asked you, hey, who are you? You'd be able to say, okay, this is what God's done in my life. So being able to see it and being able to share it. Simple. Whether it's the two-second uh, elevator, the five-second elevator, all the way down to, hey, can we sit down and have coffee? I need to tell you. And be confident in that. For the... Uh, the pastor is that you know how to receive love and you know how to show love. To where you're able to receive it. So anything the enemy's lied to you about why God loves you and uh, things that hinder you from receiving God's love, we're taking care of those. We're unwrapping you so that you can. And also we're unwrapping you like we do with Lazarus so that you can show love. That you're able to give love. I think that's the pastoral heart. And the apostolic to me, that heart is for every believer. I want you to know why you exist and confidently be able to walk in that. Like, uh, I, you know, I exist as a, a pastor slash apostolic calling. 
to care for the flocks and to start new around the world. That's why I exist, and I'm pretty confident in that. You might exist because you're called to be a, a great teacher and be in the school system and be a light there. It might be in the medical world. It might be construction, you know, and be just a man in the community that people look to and go, wow, yeah, you know what? That guy's got something different about him, and you're a light in the community, and that's why you exist and you're confident. Whatever that is, I, I don't want to pigeonhole you to what God's called you to be. Don't think it has to be you up here, like this is the only place. Sometimes we do that because in, in, in Christian ministry, if you're not in the fivefold offices, you're not anybody, and that's not true at all. Be who the Lord has called you to be and be confident in that and enjoy it. Walk in it. Don't let the devil take your lunch. Bully you, basically. So our goal in everything we do is to get those five things. And some of them we do well and some of them we work on and we're tweaking all, all the time. But that's why we, we do the adventure course is to begin to hit that so that you can confidently know your story and be comfortable just sharing it as you're checking out of Hobby Lobby. Or you're, you know, buying a car and, hey, you know, and you just share a little bit about your faith because the Lord's told you something about the, the person. Or David at Walmart. You know, that's why. Just because then you have fun. You get to see, wow, man, man I, I met with the Lord and the Lord spoke through me today and, it was at the pool, and as I was doing laps, I kept going, hey. Joking. Okay, guys. Trying to bring a little bit of levity. But that's why we do what we do. There are three types of church cultures that I have seen. There's the church culture that's focused on them. It's just we meet together. There's a church culture that's focused primarily on the community around them ever been to a church that's all about doing stuff in the community or there are what I call large body large they're focused on the body of Christ and everything they do I, I think Metro used to be predominantly when we first started our first 17 years as a body of Christ focused church and we would have large conventions and it was about what God was doing in the body of Christ okay none of those are wrong those are just three different three different ways so what what is ours well, I think ours is a little bit of a mix. Uh, first, we want to carefully take care of you, provide community opportunities. That's why we do our community events. Uh, provide opportunities for you guys to get together, build one another up, encourage one another. Uh, try to facilitate it, at that as much as possible. Teach you, love on you, care for you, meet your needs. Uh, we try to do that well. We try to do some outreach, but our main focus of our outreach is going to be helping you to be who Christ has called you to be in your ats. And as you begin to shed, confidently just share your life there, that's our main focus of outreach. We can do things like we did the fall stuff, but I don't want to be so busy doing community things that you're not able just to have fun where you are. Otherwise, you feel like, I'm just running to another church event. You know, We want you to enjoy yourselves in your ats. Have fun with your neighbors. Have a barbecue. Invite your neighbors over and just be you. Because if you're like Jesus, it's great. You're being your light. If you have to put on your Christianity, Christianese, and then have to perform Jesus at an event, it's not fun. 
But if we get you free and confident in who you are and you're loving Jesus and you're pursuing Jesus, man, you can do a barbecue. You can do a poker night. You can watch the game together. You can do all of these things and just have fun with your neighbors and your friends that don't follow Jesus. And Jesus will come out of you because Jesus is in you. So that's our goal. That's our outreach. I think eventually, if we, if we are able to walk this out, which I think we should be able to, we'll affect the body of Christ. People will begin to come and go, okay, how are you guys doing what you're doing? And we'll go, I have no idea. We're just sit and watch. We're just trying to love Jesus, be free, be real, be authentic, and not be religious. That's who we are. And you want to come see who we are? It's not what we do. We focus on being. Being real. So that's, that's why we exist. That's what we do. That's our focus. That's where we spend our time and our energy on. And that's our vision. Um, so now we get into the two fun parts, which are finances and building. And I'll have a, a question and answer session as soon as I get this all out. Hopefully it's not too much information for you guys. We are recording it. You'll be able to watch it again later if you needed to. Finances. Ah, oh, the Lord is so good. You know, I can, I can lovingly and graciously and uh, energetically applaud the Lord for meeting all of our needs. We are in the black, and we have been in the black for three years now. And uh, for, yes, amen. So uh, we aren't as much in the black as I would like, but we're still in the black. And that's far better than, uh, you know, I've been here almost nine years. And so the first six years, it was a steady decline financially. And it had gotten to like the last 2018, 2019 was like, oh, dear God, how are we going to survive? It was like negative $8,000 every month. We were down, you know, and it's like, ooh, that's hard to stay encouraged uh, that the Lord's going to do something. But he did, man. He delivered us. He set us free and brought us into a, a great place, you know. So we have the opportunity to grow. Uh, our finances are down about 20 grand from last year. Uh, our giving is. Uh, but I also know our, our uh, economy is kind of struggling right now. And uh, I know about a third of our church is really going through it. It's hard. So, you know, even though we're down 20000 the Lord timed it perfectly that Ryan got called into a senior pastor position. We did not replace his payroll. And so uh, we've been fine. You know, we're still meeting the bills. We don't have as much money in the bank as we'd hoped. I think we'll have, what, two, three days worth of income in the bank and the money we've set aside to pay our tax bill at the end of the year. So uh, we don't have a lot of big, hefty money in the bank or anything like that. But, you know, we're meeting payroll. We're paying our bills. We're not behind. We're not 30, 60, 90 days behind. We're, we're just right there. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us through and continues. You're going to walk it through us. Amen? Amen. Uh, we're not extravagant spenders. <laughs> so now... So that's basically where our finances. If you need numbers or would like numbers, Dennis can get those for you. I'm more than happy to uh, to get what our annual budget. I think our annual budget is about 360. Yeah, 
So, uh, building. So, bless the Lord. Um, our lease for this building is up in December. So we have asked for an extension of six months, at least. Uh, because we just spent a lot of time in prayer. We went on our elders' retreat, and we focused on our elders' retreat uh, that happened in September. Just what do we do? Uh, what have, Again, reassure us. What have you called us to? And do we stay in this building? What do we do? And things like that. And what the Lord really settled in our heart was uh, plan for a building, and that was it. <laughs> So we don't know if it's this building or if it's a different building. We went and looked at another building, uh, but it just, this one is is better than that one by far. So this building is available for us to purchase. They would like to sell it to us. Uh, it is $720,000, and it needs about $150,000 of repairs just to get it uh, usable, adequate, good, uh, that is, all of our air conditioners are really, really, really old, and they're limping through. So they could, they all need to be replaced. We have 11 of them. And so that's a big chunk of it. And the other is the electrical. The electrical is old, and we were having a lot of problems with it during the summer. And so we would need to rework the electrical. And so we guesstimated about $150,000 would cover both of those. Uh, there's a little bit of plumbing that we'd like to do. I know... <laughs> Uh, the men's bathroom needs to be redone. The women's bathroom needs to be redone. There's, there's things like that. But all of that we can live with. The air conditioners and the AC would not be livable had we, it was 90 degrees and we had no AC. Although we did it. So uh, that's, uh, and then some more cosmetic stuff. There's so many things cosmetic that I would love to do. I just need to tell you, I just push it down. I know, I know, I say, Lord, I know the carpet's in here mauve. I know the carpet in the other office is orange. I know, Lord, I just, uh, it's okay, you know. I can live with it. Uh, as long as I have a good place for, to meet together, that's where I am primarily. But I would love to do some uh, cosmetic updates uh, like in here. And so I'm guesstimating $1.5 million. So it would be to purchase and to get it where I would like it now. Purchasing is most important and repairing those two things. So that's the option for this building. I don't know if there'll be a better building out there. We looked at one, like I said, and uh, it was completely gutted. It was a church building. It's gutted, so there are no floors. Uh, in one room, there was just wood floors and rafters uh, in one section. And uh, about 30 parking lot spaces where this one has 125. And that one had points or 1.2 acres. And this one has three acres on this front section. That one had no playground. This one had, uh, it had a spot that you could put one in. This one has a full playground. Um, that one we would move in, but we would have to do construction while we were there. And this one here you know and the price was basically the same that one was a little bit cheaper but I think the amount of repairs that we would have to do to get into it would be end up being more so uh, I mean we we've tried looking for other buildings I think there was another church for sale uh, but it was in the millions just to buy the church and so 
just trying to seek the Lord on that. So what I'm getting to is our desire is to begin to raise a building fund. That way we have money in the bank and when either we buy this one or we come across a different building and we go, okay, we've got the money we need to buy. Because we declared bankruptcy and we are one year through our, after our bankruptcy, it takes seven years before a bank will look at you. We can get financing, but they require 50% down. So uh, we would like to raise about $400,000 would, would be our goal. Um, I know uh, in this economy and everything, uh, but it can be difficult. Uh, at the same time, the Lord is bigger than this economy. And he can provide for us and uh, give us, in weird ways, funds that we were not expecting. If we are like, okay, Lord, I, I, I would really like to give, say, $10,000 toward a church building. And Lord, if you give me or bring to my mind or show me the way to get an extra $10,000, I'll give it to you, Lord. And we do that, and then all of a sudden that $10,000 check arrives, and we're like, new car! You know, so it's just things like that. Is If it gets in our head and we begin to, okay, Lord, what is my part? Do you want me to be a part of this? Uh, do you want me to be active in this, Lord? And how much? And we ask the Lord, and he gives us those numbers. We write it down, and we say, okay, Lord, I want to be faithful to this. So then the Lord can bring in the 400,000. The Lord can bring in the 1.2 million. The Lord can bring in the 1.5 million in his time and his way. We're going to continue to trust him, love him, and follow him, regardless. We have seen his faithfulness when we were in the other building uh, just shy of three years ago. I don't know if you remember this time of year three years ago. We didn't know where we were going, where we would be. Uh, I kept telling you guys the Lord will work it out. And then we would meet in our meetings, and I would go, Dear God, what are we going to do? And then how at the last minute we had to move out and we didn't know if they would get possession of the building to be able to give it to us. And then there was an ice storm and it was like three days of up in the air. What do we do if we can't? And I didn't share at the time, in the middle of that, I didn't share it with you guys, but that's where we were. And it was just like the Lord kept saying to us, are you going to trust me? And he did. Man, the key it came right at the right time. They got the light, last flight into town to be able to sign to buy the building to give us the keys. Here's the keys to the building. Just the day before we had all the trucks planned to move us over into here. Do you remember? The Lord has faithfully taken care of us. So why would he stop taking care of us now? So I don't know how he's going to do it, but he will do it. And we would like to give you the opportunity. So... In the offering, you'll see there on the app and uh, any way that you give online or if it's on the envelopes, just write it in their building fund and we'll set that aside for the purchase of a building. Uh, do keep in mind, please uh, give beyond your tithes and offerings. Um, don't give your tithes and offerings to the building fund because then it's restricted and we're having to let people go or turn off the lights or whatever because we can't pay those bills. You understand what I mean? So uh, only give to the building fund above and beyond, please, your tithes and offerings because we, uh, we do use your tithes and offerings for other things.
have I missed anything? So let me open up. We've got uh, 10, 20 minutes if we need it. Uh, any kind of questions that you might have. And once I hear your question, I'll repeat it for anybody for the recording and then answer it. It's already on the app, yeah. Mm -hmm. any, any kind of online giving, it's already there. I think it's at the very bottom. Yes, sir. Fred. So Fred asked, if, is it going to be a pledge process or just give as you can? And uh, I don't think we've gone and done pledges. Uh, I, so I think it's probably more of a give as you can. But if you'd like to give a pledge and let me know, that I'm more than happy to do that for you, Fred, too. I mean, if, 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 you, if you need that for your own discipline or your own encouragement, your own faith thing of writing in a paper, we'll take those and we'll pray over them too, you know, and, and stand with you for the amount that you'd like to give. Any other questions? Yeah, Bill. Right. So we asked with this Sunday, what the problem we had with uh, the equipment, our technology, I already told you we fired the IT guy. So uh, with our technology and stuff, is it within the budget that we're hoping to purchase new uh, equipment and stuff? That is in the uh, $1.5 million portion, uh, not the 1.2, because the 1.2 uh, is probably going to do just basic stuff. But yeah, our desire would be to update all of that, move it here to the center, uh, take out the pews, put in chairs, do new carpeting, do new st stage, change the projectors so that they're underneath and not right here in front. There's a lot that we could do, but that's all big dreams. And uh, sound equipment would be higher than a lot of those things that I talked about. But we would do it. It's, it's a higher priority, uh, getting that taken care of and getting that moved over and working Do we have a number developed for the um, uh, equipment? Uh, John Mays, are you in here? Yeah, do you have a number developed for that? No. Well, I mean, we've had dreams, but we had no money, so we haven't dreamed and put it down into numbers. So um, as we're heading in that direction, yeah, it would be like a, I'm, I'm usually about three to six months out. So as I see things moving in that direction, he would be, okay, Let's get the numbers done. I need you guys to get your budgets in and be thinking about. So, yeah, we, we would have at that point. But I'm guesstimating ten dollars to $15,000 for sound equipment. All of this is 10 or more years old. It predates me, and I'm nine years old here. Do you know what I mean? I mean, nine years here. So it all predates me. And they bought it, I think, when we moved into the other building. So it's probably like 13 or 14 years old. And it's beat up. Any other questions? Uh, yes, Michelle. So 
So Michelle asked what areas of the city we would be looking or consider moving to if we needed to move buildings and what areas would we stay out of. Uh, my primary location is Spring Hill, Kansas. <laughs> no, I think our primary location would be right around here, somewhere in this area, not too far. We did uh, look a little bit at a building over in Lee Summit. Um, it wasn't available for us. Uh, but um, that would be an additional, like, more time. It just felt even further out. I would really love somewhere in this area because a lot of our people live right here. And those that do drive in are already used to driving in. So, right? Right, Michelle? So, unless the Lord gave us a brand new building on 435 and Quivira, I don't think I'd turn it down, you know? But the Lord would have to lead us in that direction because we do love this area. And when we came back to Grandview, it felt like we were coming home. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Do we know their denominations? Uh, the one that's directly after us? Um... Yeah, I don't know if they have a specific denomination. I, I'm not terribly familiar with it. To join us? Uh, I mean, we could talk to Keith about that, Pastor Keith. Uh, they might consider joining us for a service or us join them or us have a meal together or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately our desire is to build a relationship with the four churches. Um, ultimately, that is our desire. That's why we have, that's why we're renting our building out, uh, because we enjoy uh, building relationship with, with the other churches. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good idea. We originally started the fifth Sunday for a specific purpose, and it has uh, evolved a little bit. Um, and so I'm open to other changes. We definitely can talk about it and get back to you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Are, are you volunteering to sing? Are you volunteering to sing on a fifth Sunday? All right. Can you help me remember that, David? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Clara. Do we ever think about having fundraisers? Uh, do you mean like uh, doing a, a, a dinner for the building fund? Yes, we're actually uh, considering several different things right now and uh, trying to build that even more. And uh, yeah. 
we are. So if you have a good fundraising idea, you're welcome to shoot it, shoot it at me, you know. Yeah, Brianna. Uh, we have considered building a new building. Uh, it is significantly more, and uh, we would still need 50% down. And so, um, you know, I mean, if we had the money, absolutely, sure. It would be great. Yes? Uh-huh. Right? Okay, so the first question was, uh, what happens after, I talked about our lease being extended for six months, what happens at the end of that six months? Do we have an option to lease longer? Uh, are we can, hoping to get the money before that six month is up? Uh, the six month just felt really good during our elders meeting. That's what we were comfortable with, and what happens after that, I can't really tell you exactly. It'd be great if the money came in and we had a solution by then. Uh, we hope to have some solution by then, I, let me rephrase that. We will have a solution by then, whether it is buying this building, uh, renting somewhere else, or doing something completely different. Uh, we will have a solution by then. Uh, is renting this vision possible after that point? Uh, yes, I would think it would be. I haven't had that conversation with the owner, uh, but yeah, I'm sure they would be more than happy to rent further past that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, basically, Marilyn's question is: Do we or have we considered, or are we considering uh, using small groups to further the vision? And uh, yes, absolutely. There are already some small groups that meet regularly, and it's more right now the discussion and the prayer that I'm doing right now is: What's the best model, structure, uh, how much structure, that kind of things? What do I do? Amen, Stephen. Uh, what do, how do we do it? How do we walk it out? Yeah. I hope to have that very soon.
Okay. All right. I receive your encouragement. Thank you. Anybody else? Any other questions? Uh, let's go Beth Ann and then Scott. Okay, Beth Ann? Yeah, can, can we do the, uh, can we rent with an option to buy? We haven't broached that. Uh, that would be, uh, okay, so if we rent with an option to buy, uh, we will continue to pay the, uh, any kind of building repair, we continue to pay all the taxes, we continue to pay all the insurance. So we're paying a lot extra because we don't own the building. Uh, oh, that would be based on their generosity to reward us because it's bills going to other people like the government of Grandview. Right, and, and it, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it is something that we have thought about and considered, and I, I think it's still on the table as we're seeking the Lord. Uh, the building that we looked at had 11 different people looking for it, didn't you say? Most of them were churches. Uh, the other building that we looked at, the one that was demolished inside. So uh, I think they might be able to sell it faster than what, than what we're imagining. Mm -hmm. Scott? Thank you. Church prayer. Okay, noted. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, this was kind of the first step of that, of letting everybody know where we are in a way that you could ask questions and hopefully in a enough sense that it explains and in an encouraging fashion that it didn't sound like crisis because it's not you know so yeah this first step toward getting everybody praying about it yeah nathan I mean, it's definitely something that uh, we have thought of and talked through, but yeah, we'll definitely keep more, more thought in that. It is currently used by four churches, 
and two organizations, really kind of three organizations, uh, but usually organizations that use church buildings don't have a lot of money. You know? So it's more of a charity. But yeah, definitely. We tried to rent it out in the very beginning for a long-term care, uh, but it didn't, it didn't work out. Okay, if one last question before we close, because I think we're done. Otherwise, is there one last question? Yeah, Marilyn? They rent from us. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Yep. Most definitely, yep. Appreciate it. Anybody else? Okay, great. Should we close out in prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you're good. You love us, you know us, you see us, Lord. Father, Jesus, we're just so thankful. So thankful that you're with us and you care about us, Lord. Thank you for your love and concern. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful building. And we thank you, Father, if your desire is for us to have this building, you'll provide the funds, Lord. If it's somewhere else, you'll lead us to it. Father, you'll just lead us in the direction we need to go. We thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Lord, for opening the doors and windows of heaven. We pray in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.